Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. Praise God. Would you pray? Sure. Everybody bow your head. Father God, I just thank you and praise you. Lord, our message today is dear to our heart, so we ask that everyone here will receive it with an open heart, unplug eyes and ears to hear the word, and to get into their spirit exactly what they need to hear. Lord, help us to step aside and preach only the things you want us to teach. And we give it all to you today, and I thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, if you didn't already know this after watching our mug shots up there, and by the way, I think that screen does make you look fat. Not you. I said that wrong. Oh, yeah, you did. I, I, I was, <laughs> Let's go back to where that mic you're actually, is. <laughs> you're actually looking great. Well, thank you. She's lost a ton of weight. Oh, I haven't. Okay, on with the message. <laughs> but when I was looking at that video, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, Andy, we need to redo that intro. <laughs> it reminded me of uh, the, the nutty professor. <laughs> All right. That's going to be one of these it's days. It's <laughs> not going to be good, is it? Yeah, it is. It's going to be great. <laughs> well, we wanted to share just a little bit today the reason that I chose this uh, flower or arrangement of flowers is this reminded me of the church. I think it's beautiful. And there are different kinds mixed in together, lighter hues and darker hues, and the way that they're arranged is what really sets it off. Look around you. God arranged this. I, I just, as I look at you folks, I see this, only it's so much better. This is God's doing. It's not us. He's brought us together. And everything I heard this morning kind of lended to this. Mm -hmm. Even the scripture that uh, Carrie shared or, and Roger shared, she alluded to it. He actually said, Jeremiah 29, 11, which we're going to quote eventually in the service. And I'm just sitting here going, God, you are so good. Amen. And he is. What we want you to understand, a, a big part of this church the people, Amen. the volunteers, the folks that are sitting outside the room right now that are teaching in the nursery and the children's ministry, that are counting in the counting room. All of these people are essential. Yes, the preaching is, is, is essential as well, but we're just a little part of it. It's what goes on here all week long as Mike and Shelly and others come in and clean and paint and mow and, and keep this place looking nice. Have you ever been by a church that looks like a ghost town? It's run down, the lawn's not mowed, the, the, the bushes are all overgrown. You look at it and you go, wow, is anybody home? We couldn't do what we do here without you. And last week we hosted our second annual Volunteer Appreciation Sunday. And we had a blast. For those of you who were there, it was fun. Now, I didn't do the high ropes. I wanted to. But I just didn't have it in me that particular. So maybe next year. Sure. Yeah, sure. 
<laughs> but why did we do that again? Why do we honor our volunteers? And the reason is, is that without you, this church would not Amen. be what it is today. The churches that are growing are the churches that have a, an army of volunteers ready to do whatever is necessary to carry out the Great Commission. And that is, of course, to reach the lost to the utter ends of the earth with the good news of Jesus Christ. Greeting, ushering, the technical stuff that's going on right now. Without this, you wouldn't be able to hear me, or I'd be preaching at the top of my lungs. Playing the instruments and singing. You guys did a great job today. Cooking for people. We've got folks here that that's their ministry. Rose and Marv, you guys are amazing. And Ed and Yvonne, they helped yesterday and Friday to cook for the Sozo training that went on here. So many good things. Taking the good news to the jails. Jen, you and Connie and Carrie. God bless you guys. To the hospitals, to the schools. I was just told that we, we went to court for this to be able to go into the schools and share the good news. I've got to look into that more. Going into the nursing homes. I already mentioned this, but mowing the lawn. and, and open, How about opening your homes with a small group? You know, that's one of the most intimate settings that we can provide. And we have had so many people grow up in their faith is a result of the common ground small groups. Going on short-term mission trips, etc., etc., etc. Without our volunteers, this church would be the church of Norm. Ew. Think about it. I wouldn't like that. Think about it. I'd be at the front door as you come in. Hey, how you doing? Love you. Glad no, you're here. No, hey, no, hey. no. It would be more... Let me get a coffee. Hi. Then I'd be running down. Then I'd be running down to make your coffee so that you had that already so that you weren't like she described me. <laughs> and then I'd be running in here to sit you down in your seat. And, and then <gasps> I'd be getting up here trying to do what Pastor Roger does. La, 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 la. Oh, boy. Aren't you glad I'm not the worship leader? This is not going well. And by the time I finally got into the pulpit, thank you, everybody. Thank you for volunteering <laughs> so it doesn't have to be the Church of Norm. I don't like the name either. No. no. Mount Hope would not be able to function as it, as it does were it not for our volunteers. Yet, there are still many needs. I believe ministries that haven't even been birthed yet that will be as a result of people stepping up and beginning to find their place in our church. Could this be you? Well, beside the many needs, there's another reason for getting involved. And it's so important. When you get involved in a ministry at the church, it binds you to something that's bigger than yourself. In a way, we observe that by serving, one becomes glued to the church. <laughs> and as people get to know you on a personal level, you become accountable to them, don't you? Especially if you're this close. 
And when you don't show up, someone's going to hey, follow up. Have you seen my little scrunchie since you're right there? No. <laughs> when you don't show up, someone's going to follow up and make sure that you're okay. But if you don't get plugged in, and we've heard this over, I've come to Mount Hope for a long time, and I missed three Sundays in a row, and nobody called me. But were they involved? How are we supposed to know when you're coming in and just sitting and leaving? We need to be surrounded by people that we're accountable to so they can take care of us. Amen? It makes such a big difference. Yes, it does. Outside of those who volunteer, there are really only a couple of ways for us to check on your attendance. You're going to love them. The first one is if you're a tither. Then maybe our bookkeeper might notice that you've stopped tithing if you're a tither on a regular basis. Maybe. That doesn't always happen that way either. If you stop tithing as a tither, we might notice you're missing. But the problem with that is 80% of the people in this room don't tithe. Well, I'm just saying. So look at your neighbor and say, well, that won't work. <laughs> that won't work. All right, here's the other way that we might be able to tell if you're here or not. If you have children. Because when people check their children in, we actually have a system, thanks to Andy, that logs these kids in so we know that you at least must have dropped them off. Maybe then you left, I don't know, but... Your kids are here, so we know that, and we're able to track that through your kids. The problem is, 80% of you don't have kids. So, so look at your neighbor and say, that, that won't work either. Do we need to have more kids? So here are the two things you can do. You can either start tithing, which would be good for you, right? Or you can have more kids... Hey, adoption's possible oh, yeah. for some of you that are over 30. <laughs> I'd love it. I know you would. That's why I'm really <laughs> treading lightly on this one. Listen, there's another way that we can help keep track of you. And as a church, the model is such that it's supposed to take care of you watch out for you, hold you accountable. And that is when you begin to serve. When you get connected, as Pastor Barb said, when you get glued into the church through a specific ministry or department. And not everything has to do with the church. There are other ministries outside of the church. We know that. But I'm talking about the local church that Jesus established in order to carry out his great commission. This is his masterpiece. I believe that with all my heart. So we need you to get involved. We need you to be accountable within the church. We truly believe that serving is important. And listen to this part. Maturity comes to those who serve. If you're not serving, you're never going to mature. Romans 1, 17 says, It is through faith that a righteous person has life. The King James says, The just shall live by faith. This scripture shows us how God loves us so much that he makes us right in his sight. 
This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Ephesians 2.10 says and expands on this idea, for we are God's masterpiece. Can you believe that? Each and every one of you is a masterpiece. That's amazing. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Hallelujah. Our faith has given us first to believe, then to help advance the kingdom of God. Did you know that God has a plan for every person on this planet? He has a purpose for every faithful believer. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. We need to dig in and discover his plan and purpose. That's right. That's right. As you look at the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, one thing stands out to me, and I think you'll see this too, but Jesus was constantly modeling what it meant to serve people. Do you realize that's why he made us? He was always showing his disciples how to give oneself away for the, for the benefit of the kingdom. Remember where Jesus said, if you give a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, you're actually giving it to me. So as you serve people, you're actually serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when he came near the end of his mission here on this earth, what did he do? Do you remember? It was one of the last things he did. While he's on the cross... He actually said, Lord, not my will, but yours. He gave himself to God. That was it. It was finished as he gave himself to God. And what I want you to see is the church needs to be that, have that same mentality. We need to be willing to pour ourselves out as Jesus did for us. To move out to that higher calling. I believe each one of us has a call. Some of you are being called to a higher calling, meaning that it might not be as easy as it is for some. You know, it's one thing to come in here and usher week after week, but it's another to go out there and to be persecuted because God told you to go talk to so-and-so about him. A higher calling, that's what I look at that like. The church that God established was intended not to get but to give. Would you agree with me? There are a lot of churches out there today that all they talk about are getting. We're talking about giving. Amen. Giving of yourself. Giving of your resources. For what? For the Great Commission. To carry out what God first established. When you learn to serve mankind, as I've already said, you're actually serving Jesus. Not to mention it's a command of his. In Matthew 23, 11, and I don't have this behind me, but he, he said the greatest among you must be a servant first. Who wants to be great in the kingdom of God? Amen. It, it's a nice thought. 
I know uh, you said something about the guy last week, Pastor Dan. He, he mentioned being a broom carrier, a sweeper in God's kingdom. I take that too. Whatever. Whatever's going to get me there, right? But I believe that if you want to be known in God's kingdom, you have to do something that's contradictory to the world because the world says go after whatever you need with all you've got. Elevate yourself. Give it all. And eventually you'll succeed. But God said, Jesus said, no. No, we're going to do things different. In fact, I wanted to read this briefly. The disciples were arguing amongst themselves who was going to be the greatest. I'm so much better than you. I don't know about that. No, I am. No, I don't know about that. I am. I don't think You're so. You're skinnier, but I'm better. I don't think so. I'm serious? No. Really? Well, I'll... In let's, the kingdom of God, I'm going to do better things, greater Jesus. things than let's you. Let's take it to Jesus. All right? <laughs> Jesus already overheard this. He didn't have, we didn't have to take it to him. He was kind of like, what? What are you guys talking about back there? They're like his kids. The disciples were like, how many of us are like his kids? Do we not go through this? Well, I can't believe that they didn't acknowledge me this morning. Come on. It's not about you. It's about Him. Thank you, Jesus. It's about Jesus getting the glory and all of the honor and the praise. So after Jesus stopped them, He said, In this world, Luke 22, 25, In this world, the kings and great men lorded over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. So we know how the world does it, right? They lord over. Oh, you owe me. I'm your governor. You better elevate me up there. You know, you listen. Right? And then Jesus, verse 26, said, But among you, the disciples, the church, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be a servant. And I was going to stop there, but then Jesus went on. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? Do we have any waitresses or waiters in here? All right, so you know who's more important, the waitress or the person being served. Usually, if that's your job, it's the person being served. But listen to what Jesus says. The one who sits at the table is, of course, the most important, but not in God's church. Not here, he said. For I am among you. Here's Jesus talking. For I am among you as one who serves. Does that hit you kind of funny? Who are we supposed to model after? Jesus. Jesus. I believe that while Jesus was on this earth, he came in part at least to show us the path of righteousness. Would you agree with me there? Part of that path of righteousness has to do with Jesus serving. Why did he show us this picture? Because he wants you and me to be servants. So ask yourself, are you a giver or a getter? Would you say that with me? Am I a giver or, or a, a getter? getter? All right. Wow. Maybe you're struggling with your faith and have been reluctant to get involved. You know, we want to help you to move to the next level. Amen. 
we want to share with you use your faith method. And this is from a devotion from the Institute for Creation Research. This method uses the acronym for USE, U-S-E, to help you walk out your faith as you begin to serve the Lord. So the first one is you. You, you, you use what you have. Say that with me. Use what you have. That's the you. Exodus 4, 2 through 6. And again, I don't have this up behind me. Moses only had a rod when God called him to deliver his people from the hands of the Egyptians. He was going up against the Pharaoh and against his armies. And all he had was a, was a stick. Now, most of us would be saying, uh-uh, I want at least a tank or something behind me if I'm going to go in there and talk to that guy on God's behalf. Lord, you better have some of them really big angels there with me. And I want them to see them. Right? Most of us wouldn't even consider going and talking to the Pharaoh like Moses did. But he did it. And we saw the outcome. I want you to look at the widow of Zarephath. Another person that she had little. In fact, she was about to die. And the prophet said to her, Honey, mix me up a, a, a little bit of that, will you? Make me some bread. And she looked at him and Sir, this is all I have. If I do that, my son and I are going to die. But the prophet said, Nah, listen to me. If you'll do this, God will make sure that your flower never runs out until the end of the drought is over. Pretty cool. And God showed up like that. She did what the Lord asked. She made him, gave him what was left. And then he took, took that, and out of that came a great miracle. Where am I? Oh, that was 1 Kings 17, by the way. God uses whatever we have at the moment to advance his kingdom. Again, if you keep this picture in mind, he took all these flowers, you and me, and he put us together. And he knows what's coming down the road. He knows every gift and talent in this room. Whether it's something David has, or, or Mac, or Ron. Ron, you are so talented. You have so many gifts. You know, Rhonda, I mean, I could go around the room and just start naming people off. And God brought you here to use what you have. Maybe to challenge yourself once in a while and improve a little bit in some of the areas, but you don't have to, you don't have to sit here and go, well, I can't do this. I have nothing to give. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more here. Why did Jesus build his church? I believe it was to serve the, to serve the world and help usher in God's kingdom. Every believer has something to give. 1 Peter 4.10. I have this one up behind me. God has given each of you a gift. Would you say that with me? God has given 
each of you a gift from his variety, great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to what? But what happens is we keep them to ourselves. You're never going to grow if you don't give it away. In God's kingdom, if you keep it, it dies. If you give it away, it grows. I don't get it. I'm not proclaiming I do know it, understand it. But if you give it away, it grows. If you keep it, it dies. Jesus established the church to show the world that all things were possible for those that believe. Ephesians 3.20 All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So what I'm suggesting, what we are suggesting here today is maybe you haven't been given enough credit to God. Maybe there are some things he wants you to do, but you've been kind of shrinking back like, oh, I can't do that. Right? Sure. Is that not true? That's true. And what happens when we do that? We're basically saying God's not able, but he is. But he requires us to do something with what he's given us. To use what we have first. I love this. Jesus had a demon-possessed boy brought to him. And they'd already tried to get the kid healed, but the disciples couldn't do it. So they said, Jesus, will you heal him? Listen to what he said. I love this. Mark 9:23. What do you mean, if I can? I can almost, can you hear him saying that? What do you mean, if I can? Right? Anything is possible if a person believes. Amen. Woo. That's good stuff. Wow, are you quiet? I know. <laughs> I get excited. Yeah. Would you say this with me? Anything, Anything is, is possible, possible if, if a, a person, person believes. believes. You see, we expect the pastors to be the ones carrying all the faith around, but Jesus is saying to his church, I've already given it to you. Start using it. Believe that you have it. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's good news. Amen. You know, sometimes we feel we can't serve because we feel we aren't good enough. How many have ever had that? I, oh, I'd love to do that, but there's no way I... Maybe, I didn't feel like preaching today. I know. <laughs> so maybe we should stop relying on our feelings Amen. and start trusting that God has something for us to do. You know, even something as simple as a smile can be used to minister uh -uh. for Jesus. Absolutely. Remember, whatever you do for the Lord is never useless. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Amen. I read in the Daily Bread about this last week, and this is what I said. I wanted to quote it. In my third year battling discouragement and depression caused by limited mobility and chronic pain, I confided to a friend, my body's falling apart. I feel like I have nothing of value to offer God or anyone else. 
and her hand rested on mine. I asked her, would you say it doesn't make a difference when I greet you with a smile or listen to you? Would you tell me it's worthless when I pray for you or offer a kind word? I settled back in my recliner. Of course not, she frowned. Then, why are you telling yourself those lies? You do all those things for me and for others. And I thank God for reminding me that nothing we do for him is useless. You know, I've had a lot of people in my office that have been depressed and down and discouraged. And the best thing I can tell them is go out and do something for someone else. It is God's way of healing you emotionally and physically sometimes of your feelings. Even when you feel like you can't do anything, you can. I used to have a, a ballet teacher from Russia, and she had a stick, and she'd go by you and whitch, whitch, when you didn't do something right. And if you said, I can't, she goes, can't is just a word where you take the apostrophe T off, you can. Whitch. It was tough. So you never said you can't. And never heard that story before. It's always stuck with me. Like we're getting a picture. Really? Oh, yeah. You know, they, they can't teach. They probably couldn't do that anymore. It'd be abuse. No, but no, back then, abuse. man, you didn't want that switch. <laughs> Anything is possible if you believe. If you put your mind to something, you can do it, whether you believe you can or not. Amen? And it has more to do with God than your mind. So we're not suggesting Absolutely. that this isn't some new age those, thought. Well, if you think it, you, you can to, do it. No, You have to put your feelings aside. We're talking aside about believing here. And right? go with your believing. spirit man and say, God, what is it you want me to do? And you follow through. And when you take that first step, he's always there. Amen. Even though you think you can't do it. So the first letter is U, which stands for you what you have. This, the next letter is? That's all right. We've got some spellers in here. Now we're with us. All right. And the S stands for start doing something. Hello. It's pretty easy. We're, hey, this is not rocket science, what we're teaching you today. In fact, it's so simple. It, it's kind of simple. One pastor said, and I love this, I don't want to live what I preach. I want to preach what I live. And every one of us should practice that. You know, don't tell people what they ought to be doing, but live it. Show them how they ought to be living. And I believe that's true for the church. As Christians, would you agree with me? People are watching our every move today. They're judging our every motive. And we need to show them that we still love them. Even though they're sinners, even though they're in a sinful lifestyle, it doesn't matter. God loves them and we need to love them too. Amen. Love them into the church. And we do that by learning to serve them. Hallelujah. Where do you start? You have to be willing to do what the Lord tells you to do. Pray and ask the Lord, what would you have me do? You know, you might have a whole list of things in front of you. 
ministries where you could get plugged into. Or you could come to one of us and say, where's the need? But you need to pray and ask the Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And then two, do something with the what. Whatever God shows you, reveals to you, start moving in that direction. It's simple. It's not that hard. When we started years ago as young believers, the first thing we did was we went in and got plugged in. And we did all kinds of different things. And she's going to talk about this more in a minute. But what I want you to understand is it's what really charged our batteries up. It wasn't praying at home. It wasn't reading the Bible. It wasn't going to church so much as it was our getting involved in something bigger than us. Do something with what you have. In the Old Testament, the priests of Israel, and you may remember this, this is in Joshua chapter 3, but you may remember the Lord told them to cross the Jordan River. Well, here's this rushing river coming down, and he's telling them, now I want each one of you to go and put a stone in the river. I'm going to guess that the first guy to cross was a little reluctant. Because the water was still rushing. And until he actually stepped or put a foot in the water, it kept rushing. But as soon as he stepped in there, it receded where he was at. And the next step, and it receded, and the next step, and it receded. Until they went all the way across. What had to happen in order for that miracle to take place? They had to step out in faith. They had to trust that the Lord had this whole thing under control. Again, another widow, another prophet, uh, Elijah in 2 Kings 4. This lady had nothing. She was starving. And the prophet said to her, hey, here's what I want you to do. Go to your neighbors and ask them for their pots and their pans, clay vessels, whatever you can get a hold of, and bring them back. And she did what she thought he told her to do. I don't know how many she brought. But the Bible says when they started pouring the oil into those pots and pans, the little bit that she had, God multiplied it until every single pot and pan that woman went and retrieved from her neighbors was filled. Now I'm going to guess, just saying, I'm going to guess that this little widow woman was probably sitting there going, man, I wish I'd gone down a block, over a block, maybe to the next village. Because that oil was like money at the time. And she had enough. In fact, Scripture says she had enough to live on for the remainder of her life. But she had to do something with what had been given to her. Hallelujah. God instructs, we obey, He performs. Now, I, I like this for a couple reasons, but we have to do our part, as little as our part is, right? And then it's up to the Lord to do His part. You and I don't control the miracle. We just have to believe. It's up to God to carry out the miracle. What does that do? It lifts the burden off of us. You go to pray for somebody in the hospital, the Bible says, pray for the sick and they will recover. The prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. So, we just have to carry out what Scripture says. 
Whether or not that person gets healed in that moment or a week later or a month later or that if they die a minute later is not up to you. You did what God told us to do, the church. It's up to Him to see that miracle through. Amen. It takes all the pressure off us. Everything the follower of Christ does is a step of faith. Would you agree? And if you want to grow in your faith, you will be required to step out and trust God. People often chide the church when the church tells them they need to tithe. Here's the reason that we share this little instruction with you. It isn't so that we're going to get all your money. I hope you don't think that. The reason that we tell you to tithe is because when we became born again, we started to tithe. And we saw God move in our lives where what we had at 100% didn't go as far as what the 90% went. God took that little investment in His kingdom that already belonged to Him. It was His. The tithe is His. It's not ours to begin with. It's all His. But He says, you have 90, I'll take 10. And the balance of the universe is good when we honor God with Amen. this. And when we do this, we get to see. And we have had accountants tell us, I don't know how you guys are doing this. I don't know how you're living on this. We had a friend of ours who is an accountant. He had just gotten saved. And he told his wife, we're never going to tithe. We don't have enough money. The man is a, was a corporate CPA. And he one day came in and said, we need to tithe. Pastor Dave taught on it, we need to tithe. At the end of that month, he's crunching the number. He's trying to figure out. It was, you know, numbers people, is Julie here? <laughs> numbers people cannot stand it if they don't line up, right? you got to find every penny or you're just, Shara! and that's, that was our friend. He could not figure out how they paid their bills that month having tithe. It just wasn't doable. But with God, God all Amen. things are doable. And he figured out that the Lord, and he's been tithing ever since. Yes. That was probably 15 years yeah. ago. That year, his income tripled. Oh, I forgot about that little part. <laughs> in, when he started tithing, his income tripled. It was amazing how God turned him around. It was so fun. And he already had a good income. So, <laughs> just saying. All right. Here's the thing. We try to get you to tithe so that you can see God move in your life and begin to exercise your faith. It will grow you up in a sense. But the opposite can also be said. If you never step out in faith, you'll never grow. Everything we do is a, is a faith walk. Frankly, I feel that's why so many believers have little faith. Tragically, where there is no faith, there is no fruit. If you're not exercising your faith, there's not going to be any fruit. Because that's the only, Jesus said, my disciples will bear much fruit. But in order to bear the fruit, you have to step out in faith. And I'm not just talking about money here. I'm talking about every single thing we do. Daily living. Amen. You have to trust that God's got your back. Oops, there it goes. 
You have to trust that when the Lord says, stay pure, my daughter, my son, that there's a reason for that. Amen. God's got your back. But He's going to see it through to the other side and in a glorious way if you'll just begin to trust Him. Amen. You know, I know right now some of you out here thinking, oh, I've got so much I need to get straight before I start helping, before I start stepping out. Let me tell you right now, start where you are. Start right now. There's no time like right now. It's time to start serving. And you know, I love it when people come in and say, oh, I want to help, but I really, I don't even know what to do. And I get to sit there and I get to ask them questions about what they like, what they don't like. And one of my favorite things is, when you come into church, what just floats your boat? What is so exciting to you that you just can't wait to see what's going on in that area? What is your passion? And when I figure it out, I say, you go for it. Oh, but I'm not, I don't know how to read the Bible. I don't know how to do that. It doesn't matter. If it's something you're passionate about and it's a God thing he's telling you to do, you go for it. Don't wait. God will equip you when you have that faith. And you know, we weren't always pastors because we, nope. talk, we talked about that while we were putting this together that, you know, a lot of times people think it's easy for us to get up here and talk about ministry and serving because we're pastors. Right. We weren't always pastors. When we started out, we plugged in where they needed us. Norm was the door closer and the usher. Not I, the door closer. The door closer. I locked up. Okay, right? the door locker. But I had to stay till door 10 o'clock at night. And, and everybody else got to go home. But I loved it. Yes. You do it with love and compassion, no matter what God tells you to do. And I worked in the preschool. God bless you. And I loved it. Me and a friend, we'd, we'd get, get together on Wednesdays and say, okay, what are we going to do with these little ones this week? And we'd come up with a plan. And we had so many goofy ideas. The children's pastor, ours, had to come down and check out what we were doing. Well, I was thinking it was because it was so cool, but he was probably checking out to make sure we were in line with whatever was going on. But it was not easy. We didn't always feel like it. But we knew we had a part of something bigger than us, and that's where you got that satisfaction that, like, yeah, this is my church. We're a part of something. Amen. Amen? Would you say that? This is my church. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I hope you think that way. You want to know what frustrates me? And I'm saying it out loud, so if you've said uh -oh. this to me, too bad. <laughs> when you come to me and you say, well, I love what you're doing in your church, Pastor. I just want to biff you. It's in love, not in love. My, yeah, in love. It's not my church, it's ours. And, and if you don't figure that out, if I haven't translated that to the point where this is our church, then we have missed it. Yeah. You know, church ministry can be exhausting. Yes, it can. It can be. But when you know that you have a part in something that's bigger than you, and you have a part in someone turning to Christ and turning their life around, regardless of where you are volunteering in church, that is awesome. So if you want to grow, you know you need to make this a priority. Amen.
just like exercising, you can talk about it all you want, but until you start exercising, it's all just talk. Right. I'm still talking. <laughs> I could only put that in there because I just recently started what kind of, exercising. What kind, of, what, kind of, what kind of cookies are we having yeah. today? By the way, we need people to give cookies. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yeah, so if... if Maybe if, once a month we should do a healthy... Right, and we need some people to, be, to help thing. with the coffee and the cookies on Sundays. It's not That's that big a deal. That's what I was talking deal. about. There's a sign-up sheet out there. Yes. You can do that. Yes, I, the cookies are really important to him. Hallelujah. I mean, I think he comes in and checks the freezer during the week to see what cookies but are I in there. But I don't eat them. He doesn't eat them, but he wants right. to know what cookies are in there. They might be in there, but I leave them alone because those are God's cookies for <laughs> Sunday, for our church. And you know what I like about when you begin to serve at church and you get to know people, you become a part of a team Yes. that is going to look out for you and hold you accountable. You know, and it takes a tribe to raise a family. Amen. And we want to be your family, lumps, bumps, and all. Amen. I love that. Amen. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. Do you think they even have to no. wonder about that? <laughs> Look who is leading I know it. Now. I know it. I used yeah. to get in so much trouble for rolling my eyes that I thought about taking duct tape and doing this when I came into service. You'd, you would <laughs> you still know? find a way to you know, roll them. So, don't, don't, you can't go by my facial expressions. I love all of you. She's just going to be bluntly honest with whatever needs to now, be said. Now, come on. So. I've softened. I'm still teachable. I'm learning. I didn't say it was a bad thing. <laughs> so, you use what you have. S, start, start now. <laughs> now, do something. And the last E, expect. Expect. In Matthew 8, 5 to 13, we see how the Roman commander, and this is someone who was over uh, about a hundred soldiers, he came to Jesus and he said, hey, my servant is sick and he's going to die. But I understand you're a busy man and I understand about authority, so if you'll just say the word, he'll be healed. And Jesus looked at this guy and he goes, whoa, I haven't seen anyone with this kind of faith before. That was pretty awesome. Was God able? You better believe it. And that man was healed. Then there was the woman who had been bleeding nonstop for 12 years. Now, I cannot imagine this, especially back then, this before they had all of the benefits of hygienic stuff we have today. 12 years she was bleeding and could not. She spent all her money on the doctors, and no one could help her. Somehow in her mind, in her heart, she realized, if I just touch the master's garment. If I just get a hold of a little, little piece, God will heal me. I'll be healed. Amen. And it's so cool, the whole story there uh, in, uh, where is that? That's in, well here, I've got it. Uh, Luke, uh, I believe it's 848. She touched him. Jesus said, hey, who touched me? He's in a crowd. And he's like, hey, who touched me? Because he knew someone's faith had just drawn from a heavenly bank account. They believed. And it moved the master to this point. He said this, and I have this behind me, I think. Oh, no, I don't. I just have that apparently. Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. All it took 
was her stepping out, using what she had, believing God was going to do something when she stepped into that position and then expecting it to happen. What made her whole? Her faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and we're just about ready to wrap this up. Oops, I should have had that up there. For we live by believing, not by seeing. Would you say that with me? For we live by believing and not by seeing. The New King James says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. That's what's expected of you and me as believers of the Most High God. That's right. So as you step into ministry, let God guide you and expect that you can do it. You know, when that nagging little voice in your brain starts telling you, you can't, you can't do that. Oh, come on, this is too hard. You just out loud say, yes, I can. In the name of Jesus, I can. You always want to keep positive because when you become negative, you shoot yourself in the foot. And it makes it really hard to do what you're doing, amen? When you take on a task, give it your best and God will show up. One of the best examples I could share with this is Jackie. About a year ago, I went to this little lady and I said, Jackie, I just love your smile and you seem to really enjoy kids. What's your passion? And she goes, oh, I just love kids. I said, then you need to be in children's ministry. Oh, no, I don't have enough Bible knowledge. Oh, no, I can't do that. I just, I, there's no way I can do that. I am, I just don't. I said, and I explained to her, I said, we really need you in there. Would you just try it out? And she listened. And she started going in there. And you know, that woman is a powerhouse with those kids. This morning, she walks in with their bags. She goes, we're talking about the loaves and the fishes today. And I got a puppet. And they love my puppet. And we're going to have goldfish. And they filled the McDonald's kids box up with goldfish to show how God multiplied. She is so excited, and God is using her. Amen. What if she had never stepped foot in that children's ministry? God can use each and every one of you, no matter what you have to do. And when people get this, when everyone gets an attitude of servitude, amazing things begin to happen in the church. But it takes all of us working together, amen? Right. There's a ministry for everyone with the hope. Every person should see him or himself, herself, as many pastors. You're not here, you're not only here to learn, but you're here to serve. And you know, we had a department leadership meeting last week, and we were talking about when new people come in, look around. If they need a seat, you know, we need to do some things here to be That's servitude. not a problem today. I don't know what no. happened. No. But Jack, but it has been the last Jack few Alexander weeks. said it best, so I'm going to quote what he said. We all need to be aware of those around us. If someone's looking for a seat, give yours up. If what? You, if you see a gum wrapper on the carpet, bend down and pick it up. This is our church. Take ownership. Amen? If we all do this, this place is going to be awesome. Awesome. Awesomer more than it is already awesome. awesome. <laughs> Praise God. Would you stand with us? If you didn't already, we hope that you see the value in serving, especially serving the church. 
Remember this acronym, U-S-E. Use what you have. Start doing something with what you have and expect God to move in a mighty way. I've got this up behind me. I don't know where you're at today. We don't know where you're at. But I, I do believe with all my heart that each one of us needs to find our place, no matter how big or small. And one of the things that when we have people come into this church and they raise their hand for salvation, a lot of times you might think, well, boy, didn't the pastor do a good job today? Look, 10 people raised their hand for Jesus to come into their life. But I want you to know that it wasn't just the man or woman of God up here that led those people to that decision. It was you inviting them. It was you making sure the building looked presentable so when they drove by, they wanted to come. It was you being that friendly face at the front door so that they didn't just turn around right there and go somewhere else because you scared them. I've been at churches like that. It was you that gave them a hug or a handshake and said, hey, glad you're here. My name is. All of that adds up to these people making decisions for Christ. Feeling like they're a part of the family of God. And that's what we want. But it's all about us, not us. We're in this together. So when you see somebody in the future raise their hand for Jesus, or you hear about them because you're not supposed to be looking most of the time, realize you had a part in that too. You're going to also get a crown for those same people that came to Christ because of you. Does that make sense? And remember, we need you. God needs you, not only in this church, but outside these doors. And when he puts something in your heart, don't let your feelings take over. Use what you have and say, I can do it. God, thank you. I want to do this. And just do it. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. As we close, could I ask everyone to bow your heads? This is between you and the Lord. We're just up here as the moderator. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I know that I need to do something. God's really pointing at me today saying, start using this principle. Get involved. If that's you, would you lift your hand up, please? Amen. Hallelujah. Many hands going up all over the room. I don't want to close without asking this. If you're here today and, and if Jesus were to call you home or if he were to come back for his church today, do you know that you know that you'd go to be with him forever? Are you ready? If not, I'd like to pray with you. If you need Jesus today, I just want to pray a simple prayer with you right where you're at. But if you're here today and you need Jesus, you want more of God, you recognize that uh, you need to give your heart and your life to him, he wants you lock, stock, and barrel. And don't let the devil convince you, oh, you're not good enough. Well, that's the best part. You can't be good enough. You need to come to Jesus in the mess that you're in. And He's the one 
who will take care of the mess. So don't be using that as your justification for not lifting your hand. But if you're here today, you need Jesus, for, and, and you know that, lift your hand up real quick so I can see it. Yep, yep, yep. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Yep, you can put them down. Thank you. Let's pray as a church. And if you lifted your hand, please just pray this as, as though Jesus are standing right in front of you because he's listening. <laughs> he's here. Pray this with me, and I believe God's going to do a miracle in this church today. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus, for showing me the way, for saving me from all my sins. Today, I put my trust in, in the Lord. I believe that Jesus died for me when he was on the cross, he took my sins on him. He paid the price so that today I don't have to. I lean on him today. I give him my life. I ask him to forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. And now I pray that you'd help me to live for you learn to serve you and your church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand this morning? Everyone that raised your hand and some of you who didn't, I want you to pray this week and ask the Lord the what? What now? What's next? What do you want me to do? Next week, I want you to come back with the intention of figuring out where you're going to get plugged in, all right? So if half of you don't show up next week, we'll know why. We love you guys with all our hearts. That's why we, we originally said this was a heart-to-heart -heart message. I hope it didn't knock anybody off your feet, but we believe this or we wouldn't have shared it. Go out of here today. Have a great week in Jesus. And uh, God, be, God bless you. And don't forget, if you're a home provider, a moderator, or you want to be, even thinking about it, go down to the children's room, meet with Dave and Rose. Love you guys. God keep everybody safe. Amen. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.